Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the coach steve show podcast where we discuss everything in college football nfl chicago bears college basketball line sports and being a football coach we've talked to football coaches all over the country talking about football basketball culture building everything like that literally anything in sports you can think of is probably on this podcast if any of that interests you please hit the like button and the subscribe button on the coach steve show youtube channel the podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast literally anywhere Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, anywhere. So wherever you listen to it, please follow it, rate it, leave it a review, be a friend, tell a friend, share it out, help out with the algorithm that nobody seems to understand anymore. Uh, If you could do all that for me, it'd be greatly appreciated. 
podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go to bellyupsports.com. Check out all the content there. There's sports content on there and blogs for everybody. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. Go to CoachStoneFootball.com and check out all of his books on football drills, practice planning, game planning, and much, much more. You will never have to look up another drill again, I promise. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. For you football coaches out there, are your linemen's helmets getting scuffed up during an inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect the chills and reduce the repetitive blows your guys are taking each and every week. It's guardian caps. Guardian caps can reduce 20 to 33% of the impact. It really focuses on the big guys in the trenches, and you cannot win without the big guys in the trenches. It's worn by five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like Georgia, Alabama, West Washington, Oklahoma, and Penn State. Check them out at guardiansports.com slash guardian caps. Use the code 15 off to get 15% off your order, whether you're buying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or some big bulk item. Guardiansports.com slash guardian caps. Use the code 15 off. For 15% off your order. Betting season is in full swing. If you head over to mybookie.ag to make your same game parlays, in game bets, money lines, anything like that, use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word, to double your first deposit. Mybookie.ag, BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word, to double your first deposit. All right. Big weekend in college football. We made it to as normal as we can get from COVID, the college football conference championships which led into the college football playoff which we will talk about later on about somebody better be careful what they wish for but big weekend uh in the conference championship weekend uh we did i did a podcast on about some of them and we're going to discuss only some uh, the ones that were big time, but we will say who won and who won their conference. Uh, the first one of the conference football championship that happened on Friday was Oregon played Utah. Now, I believe I said Oregon would win, but don't I'm totally wrong. But the last time Oregon played Utah, Utah won, I believe, 38-7. to Well, Utah came away with the win 38-10. Now, Oregon has not been healthy for most of the year, I believe, uh, and Utah has always been a football team that comes out and plays well, plays hard, and they just they had Oregon's number this year. Uh, Utah had better, uh, more, I would say better quarterback play. Is was a big one, and their defense. Uh, if Oregon just has a hard time running the football then they're able to be stopped. Uh, You know, when your rushing leader is 63 yards, that's kind of where they live. But also, when you turn the ball over, Oregon threw two interceptions. So one was a pick six. You know, that does not help. So Oregon has just not been themselves since – it was really like since they beat Ohio State. They have not been themselves. Um, Utah has had a rough go, you know, that, you know – the tragic deaths of Ty Jordan, Aaron Lowe, and everything else. Like, they just kind of have turned around since then. Um, but Devin Lloyd returned interception for a touchdown. Cam Rising threw for three, uh, threw for uh, scores. Excuse me. Uh, 
14 clinched the Rose Bowl berth in school history's very first one. It's just crazy. They just played better. Their defense stepped up. Uh, they were very motivated from those tragic deaths of the players that, if you guys haven't seen, you need to watch about them. It's very tragic, but, you know, thoughts and prayers to those families. But ever since then, they've been playing for them, and they've been playing a lot better. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of toughness and resiliency. Uh, they just, you know, Utah has always been a good football program, and people have looked over them. And in the Pac-12, you know, it's come down – past couple of years with Utah, Oregon, and Washington, a little bit of Washington State. But I came in and said, you know, when you play a team twice, it, it's going to go either way, but sometimes you kind of give the edge to the person that lost. That's the way you kind of lean towards because if you're a team that lost, you look back at the things you did wrong and you say, okay, these are things we did wrong, so they got to fix them. Or we look at, okay, how do we do things to, to get better? And the team that won says, okay, this is what they tried to do. We were able to stop it. We're going to do the same thing. And sometimes, and they don't make adjustments that way. Well, Utah stuck with the same game plan. It seemed like in Oregon just stuck with the same one as last time going, it's going to work. It's got to work, right? Right, you know, third time's the charm, and it did not work. You know, one phrase I saw was the game was a near carbon copy of the one they played in Utah, uh, where they won 38 to 7, and this one's 38 to 10. You know, Oregon was in the playoffs at one point, they were knocking in at two, so all these reports of oh, it ended their playoff hopes and everything else. No, it was already done. Um, you know, the first two times that Utah went to the Pac 12 championship. I believe it's Pac-12 championship. They didn't win. Um, they, they again. It just came down to them playing tougher. There's no other way to go about it. If you know, if you look at the box score and you look at the plays, um, Utah. I mean, they they turned the ball over twice too, and Oregon just couldn't capitalize. You know, when it's quarterback play, Utah's quarterback was um, Cameron Rising was 15 of 24 for 170 yards. And a touchdown by through two interceptions. But on the flip side, Anthony Brown was 13 of 24, 147 yards and two interceptions. One big thing was running the ball. Oregon only had one guy that could really rush the ball, which is Travis Dye for 82 yards. Utah was able to give it to Travis Thompson, Cameron Rising quarterback, uh, Bernard, and TJ Berenger. Like they all had over 20 some yards rushing. So when you got different guys that can run the ball, it keeps Oregon's defense on edge. Uh, you know, who's going to run the ball here? Who's going to throw the ball here? Uh, and then they were able to spread the ball around. But it came down to defense. It came down to tackling. It came to just physicality, which, you know, Oregon has always been known for. Like, I think it be physical, the way they play, their offense, and everything else. But, again, after the Ohio State game, you know, and then it has to come to question, you know, every single head coaching job that's been opened, Mario Cristobal's name has been thrown around. Did that have some type of – of play on the psyche of the players did have psyche on the staff I don't think so because Mario Cristobal is a good coach I don't think he would allow that to happen um you know reports he is going to Miami uh they fired Manny Diaz Miami did and they're going to bring in Mario Cristobal which we'll talk about at another time we I've already kind of talked about loyalty in college football and some people want out there say loyalty drama what are you talking about and just come at me on all that stuff which they don't understand what I'm talking about they just see the title of the podcast 
without actually listening to and hearing what I'm saying, you know, titles, you know, don't judge a book by its cover just because of the title of it doesn't necessarily mean what's going on. But Utah won the Pac-12. They're off to the Rose Bowl for the first time in school history. Oregon has been on a downward spiral since the Ohio State game, and they've lost a few that they probably shouldn't have. But, you know, now they're looking for a head coach. So who's going to take that job? Maybe they bring back Chip Kelly. Maybe my old co-host, still a co-host if he ever wants to come back. Uh, Brad Miller's a big Oregon fan. I think he loves Chip Kelly, but I'm not 100% on that. Um, but congratulations to Utah. They just they It just came down to they wanted it more. They were tougher than Oregon. And what I mean by that is not saying Oregon's not tough, but they hit harder. They tackled better. They were blocking better. Uh, there's just, just a better game plan overall. They got out coached. They got outplayed. And that's just, you know, that just happens. Um, congratulations to UTSA. They win their conference first ever, I believe, over Western Kentucky. Uh, they only lost one game this year, so they had an historic season for UTSA off to a big-time bowl game. Uh, we've already discussed Georgia and Alabama roll tied. Michigan and Iowa played for the Big Ten Championship. And I said Michigan was going to come in versus Iowa. Now their defense in Iowa was going to be much better than they saw against Ohio State. And Iowa was just going to ground and pound and try to keep it away from Michigan's offense. But Michigan literally didn't have to do anything. Now, the only way Iowa was going to win was if Michigan was just on this big-time high from beating Ohio State for the first time since 2011. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh's first time beating him as a coach. So that's the only way Iowa was going to be able to catch them off guard. But I did not see that happening with Michigan. They just had to stay the course. Now, Iowa kept it close. It was 14-3 to at the end of the first. So Michigan was moving the ball, scoring. Iowa can only get the field goal. And then in the second half, it was 0-0. Again, Iowa's defense plays much better. And their linebacker play plays much better than Ohio State does. It's just a fact. I'm sorry. It always has been that way. Then in the third, Michigan scores seven, and then they score 21 in the fourth. They just kind of wore down Iowa's defense. Iowa could just never get the ball going. Their offense has struggled since Penn State, I think. About Iowa playing Penn State's about the time their offense took a dive. I know Petrus had been hurt for a game or two of the year. But Michigan is okay being methodical, you know, just running if they need to. Um you know, if you look at the box score and the playmaking of the of these guys, McNamara, the quarterback for Michigan, was 16 of 24, 169 yards and a touchdown. He did have an interception. Uh, Pietras for Iowa, I mean, he was 9 of 22 for 137 yards, no touchdowns. Um, then they had Alex uh, Padilla in there, and 10 of 15, an interception, so turned the ball over. So when you're playing these different quarterbacks for Iowa, it's not going to go well. And then for Iowa, they want to get the run game going well. Michigan's defense has played a lot better when their defensive line plays well. It takes pressure off the linebackers, which happened with Ohio State. It happened with Iowa. The, the leading rush for Iowa is Gavin Williams for 56 yards. So, And Michigan is okay that if they don't pass all over the place, they're okay if they don't run all over the place, and they're okay if they're split down the middle. When you have a, you know McNamara with 169 passing yards, uh, and then they have 250 rush yards total. Um and they got tight ends involved. McNamara played good passes. Like Roman Wilson had 82 yards rushing. Luke Schoonmaker had 49 yards rushing. Eric Hall had 43 yards. Um, Shane Haskins, they kept him in check. He only had 22. But 
you know, they're okay with that. They're okay with those type of things. But again, that first half, Iowa's defense did not play that bad. And I said that. I said, Iowa's defense is going to play well, but it's going to come down to can Michigan wear them down? And they did. There's a reason why Michigan is number two in the nation right now in the college football playoff ranking. There's a reason why they beat Ohio State. Uh, their defense just didn't show up against Michigan State and tackle and play this well. But sometimes it sucks because you want to be undefeated to, have, to leave no doubt when you're in a Power 5 conference like the Big Ten. You want to go undefeated and winning the Big Ten conference to leave no doubt that you're going to make it to the college football playoff. But sometimes it's okay to lose that game late earlier because then it's kind of like a wake-up call, especially for their defense. Their defense, when they lost to Michigan State, okay, it kind of woke them up. They've played better. Michigan did not disappoint. There was a point there where you're like, okay, did they waste all their emotional energy on the Ohio State game? There was no doubt. Jim Harbaugh got those boys ready. The coaching staff got them ready. Kudos to him for winning his first Big Ten title as a coach. God, who knows how long it's been since Michigan won the Big Ten in football. Don't even want to look it up. It's been a long time. Uh, but they're on their way. They're number two in the college football playoff. Congratulations to them winning the Big Ten title. You know, I talked about Michigan last year, I think, with Brad and Nathan. We talked about Michigan fans and how they treat this and everything else. But you kind of feel for them when they haven't beat Ohio State for a while. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan guy through and through, does a lot. Uh, but Iowa's offense has struggled since Penn State, and it continued the run. That's something they're going to have to address. If they can keep the defense the same next year, that's great. But they need better offensive production. They've been known for the eye formation, ground and pound, a little bit of shotgun, ground and pound. Maybe they need to adapt. You know, Michigan has adapted their offense, and Iowa might need to do the same thing. But their defense was way better than Ohio State, and they proved that in the first half. And then they got worn down in the second half. Michigan just has playmakers. They are able to, you know, make just tweaks, not huge adjustments, just a little bit of tweaks. Uh, but Michigan wins the Big Ten. So congratulations to them. They haven't won it in a very long time. Uh, Houston went to Cincinnati, or, uh, played Cincinnati for their conference championship, non-Power 5. Houston could score the ball at, uh, you know, if they wanted to. Cincinnati was on their way to try to be an undefeated season. Uh, Cincinnati came away with the 35-20 win. It was a close game for a little bit until Cincinnati. They do have talented guys and just end up pulling away. It was Cincinnati 14-10 at the end of the first, and then it was uh, – Cincinnati 14 to 13 at halftime, so it's a very close game. It's a very uh, tough game. Uh, Houston's playing tough. They can score. There's a reason why, you know, I mean, now they're 11 and 2, but at the time they're 11 and 1. Um, you know, regular season undefeated in the conference on the side, their side. But then Cincinnati, you know, their, their talent just kind of took over. Uh, they scored 21 in the third, put them up big, and then Houston can only get seven only in the fourth quarter. Uh, if, you, if we look at the numbers, Cincinnati, uh, their quarterback, um, Desmond Ritter, 11 of 17, 190 yards and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns is huge. But the big storyline was Houston just couldn't stop the run. It was Jerome Ford, 18 carries, 187 yards. So you don't really need to pass the ball when you can do that. They, they shared the, the love around. Um, he made, you know, when you're 11 of 17, you're making precise throws. You know, he was throwing balls on a dime. You don't need to throw it that much, get the three touchdowns. Flip side, Clayton Toon was 17 of 26, 250 yards, two touchdowns, but he did turn the ball over once. So if he doesn't turn the ball over, he takes seven points off the board. 
Um, they're down to 28 points, so it's 20 to 28. You have a chance to to come back and win. So they were close. Um, you know, very, you know, the only th- problem was Cincinnati was on third down. They were 0 for 8 on third down. Houston was 5 of 15, so they had the ball for a while. Um, but Houston with the one turnover, you know, yards, Cincinnati 400, Houston 336. And what's crazy is Cincinnati only had the ball for 19 minutes, and Houston had it for 40. So Houston was able to control them. Like I said, that first half, Cincinnati was not moving the ball very well. In the second half, they just unloaded. Houston's defense made too many mistakes. They allowed too many plays. Uh, but congrats to Cincinnati. They they ended up undefeated. They are now number four in the college football playoff. Uh, we will do a whole podcast on that. So check out that one. It's a good one. Um, Big 12. Baylor and Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State is coming off the emotional uh, big win over Oklahoma. That sent Lincoln Riley all the way to California. Baylor's coming off a great year with a good offense with Coach Dave Aranda's defense leading in the way. So you have two defenses going strong on each other. We did a preview. Um, I did think that this was going to be a higher scoring game. Oklahoma State did win earlier in the year. But, again, it was very similar to the Michigan-Iowa. Did Oklahoma State spend all of their energy on the Oklahoma game? Uh, Does Baylor have the horses to keep up with in Oklahoma State horses? Uh, And they did. Baylor got the revenge. They won the Big 12 21-16. And your heart it hurts for those kids because at the very end of the game, they uh, hand the ball off. Oklahoma State, they're down at their own, or they made it down to Baylor's six-yard line. Um, you know, they come down, try to score. They throw it to the back of the end zone, get a pass interference call. There's about a minute, I think it was like a minute and 25 seconds left. Pass interference call that some could call questionable. Um, you know, then when it's, you know, first and goal, Baylor gets a stop. Second and goal, they get a stop. You know, so Baylor's defense is stepping up. You're going up against a great Oklahoma State offense. Um, there was where they hand the ball off. He jumped in the air and they think he scored, but he didn't. They go for on third and goal. They throw it. They do not complete it. So it all comes down to that fourth, fourth and goal play. I think there was 25 seconds left. Let me look. There was 30 seconds left. They, they run. Like a split zone, runs all the way. He dives for the pylon. He is literally, if you look at the pylon camera for Oklahoma State, he's literally like half a football away from the pylon, the dive. And that ended it. There was like 24 seconds left. All Baylor had to do was run the ball or take a knee. But he was literally about half a football to the pylon, if not closer. And that's a game, like maybe less. It was a, it's a game of inches. Like that dive, he is so close. If he just got the ball inside the pylon and touched the pylon, it is a touchdown, and Oklahoma State would win the game. So it was a hard-fought battle. They've seen each other before. Again, when you play a team twice, it's very tough to beat them again, number one, because, again, you're looking at what you did wrong. How can you fix it? Okay, what did we let them do right? How do we stop that? And then the team that won – do you change your game plan because it worked last time or, well, we're going to keep the same game plan, but we know they're going to make adjustments. So you've got to really almost overcoach and be prepared for a ton of things. So it's weird when you play teams twice 
in the, you know, it, it's weird. That's why I kind of like sometimes in the SEC, it doesn't always work where they don't play each other until the SEC championship game. Um, Big Ten, that's why you have, you know, they play each other regular season sometimes, but sometimes they don't, where they have the two sides, you know, the Big 12 didn't. Uh, sometimes they play each other, sometimes they don't. Uh, but you feel bad for Oklahoma State in that, like, Oklahoma State, if they would have won the Big 12, a big case would have been made. Do you put them in over Cincinnati? But Cincinnati's undefeated, so who knows? But Oklahoma State needed that win to get to the college football playoff. They did not get it, obviously. Uh, but there was a big case for them to make the college football playoff. You, They needed Cincinnati to lose. Well, the big talk would have been if they would have won and if Alabama beat Georgia, do you put Oklahoma State in because they won the Big 12? But they uh, and they only have one loss. But Georgia lost to Alabama, who's number one. So we're gonna this craziness. Uh, would it, it would have been absolutely insane, but. You know, they had it, they were very close. They need a lot of things, but you feel for them. But Baylor, I mean, they won the game. They, it was a tough, tough fog game by both sides. By both sides. You almost didn't want it to end. And their defense instead of they have some of the best defenses in college football. Uh Blake Champin for Baylor. He 28 of 20, 23 of 28 for 180 yards and three touchdowns. That's the big thing. But they were able and then running the ball, they weren't really there. So Oklahoma State did what they needed to do, just certain plays they gave up. Oklahoma State on the other side, Spencer Sanders, 31 of 46, 257 yards, but he had four interceptions. So Baylor's defense stepped up, but Oklahoma State's defense stepped up too. So, I mean, the four interceptions, you're giving away four possessions. You won't, you, maybe you've only thrown two interceptions, you get those possessions back and you have a chance to come down and score. But these defense, it was just a game of defense. Their defense stepped up. This is not what you expect in the Big 12. Um, Coach Knowles for Oklahoma State really changed it, and Coach Dave Aranda really changed it at Baylor for defense. So are we going to see defenses come back in the Big 12? It's crazy. Um, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. Pittsburgh beat Wake Forest, who had a historic year. Uh, Pittsburgh won the ACC, which you you haven't heard anybody win the ACC for a while. It's always been Clemson. So it's been a crazy year for that. Um, Utah State uh, upset San Diego State for their conference. Um, <clears throat> Coach Napier coached for the Raging Cajuns for the last time, I believe, for the championship. I don't know if he'll coach in a bowl game, but if he, this is his last time coaching. They come on top over Appalachian State for their conference. For Billy Napier, he won to end the fight with his guys before he heads off to Florida. Uh, Northern Illinois wins their conference after they beat Kent State. And then California beats USC in their game. Why they played for that, I don't know. They just had to play that game. But I'm just reading down the schedule. But we ended with the college football championship games. Then we have our college football playoff is set. Number one is Alabama. Number two is Michigan. Number three is Georgia. Number four is Cincinnati. I am going to do a podcast on Cincinnati. But I told you if Alabama, this I told you 
this was probably going to be it. The only other change you would have seen is maybe Michigan at one, but then they're not going to put Alabama at two and Georgia at three for them to play again, you know, back to back. And then I just don't see them justifying putting Cincinnati over Georgia. But congratulations to Michigan making the first college football playoff for them. Alabama's back at number one. It's going to be great. Uh, They're coming out. They have all the bowl games set. Uh, We'll do a podcast discussing the big games for the bowl games. Some of them are going to be exciting. There's one really in particular I'm going to be watching, hopefully to watch. If you guys know one of my favorite college football coaches, he's playing a team that he has never coached against, and it's going to be fun. Uh, But the college football championship games were fun. They were exciting. Congratulations to the college football conference champions. Um, we'll have a podcast coming out um, about a non-Power 5 finally making the college football playoff. We'll discuss all that. And then later on in the week, we'll discuss more on this college coaching carousel. Uh, you know, and then, then I kind of want to discuss more of a particular coach that left and a coach that took the job for him. So be on the lookout for all that. For the other podcast episodes. Uh, so be on the lookout for all that. Uh, and then we'll talk about more in depth of the big Goliath that got taken down. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. So we discussed all that. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Please like and subscribe and do all that for me. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. And thank you for anybody out there that listens. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. Hopefully we can get this show moving on up. Uh, Again, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, and we will see you next time. a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.